Calm down. Do you feel better? I'm guessing not. Do we want to find some things to say that actually work in helping people calm down? Today we're naming five things to say that are likely going to be much more effective than calm down. Calm down may be one of the most commonly spoken phrases that has the opposite effect of what it intends. So we're trying to do better. If you've ever wondered how to de-escalate a situation where someone is upset, including when that someone is you, we're going to give you some ideas to work with. Join us for today's baggage check. Welcome. I'm Dr. Andrea Bonnier, and this is Baggage Check, mental health talk and advice, with new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. Baggage Check is not a show about luggage or travel. Incidentally, it is also not a show about why there just aren't purple cars. Seriously, where are the purple cars? Okay, on to the show. Those of you who've been listening for a while know that I am a licensed clinical psychologist who specializes in anxiety. And so you could say that part of my entire career has been based on trying to help people calm down. I'm also a relentless and somewhat kind of obsessive observer of human interaction. And I honestly can't think of a single time where somebody just shouted, calm down, especially in a voice that is tense in and of itself, and it actually had the desired effect. And honestly, even if it's not said in a tense voice, it just doesn't seem to get the job done. Calm down is sort of fundamentally invalidating. Whether it's during an argument with somebody, or as a bystander to maybe a kid's tantrum, or when you're stressed out getting criticism from a colleague who's just picking at you, calm down often has exactly the opposite effect. I mean, the biggest problem with it is probably that at the outset, it often puts people on the defensive. It insinuates that their reactions are a problem, that their reactions are out of line and wrong. And even if this has some objective truth to it, and indeed somebody's showing reactions that do seem out of proportion to the situation, getting them back to a balanced emotional state is likely not going to help by accusing them of being inappropriate with their emotions. Plus, as I mentioned, it typically feels inherently invalidating to have somebody tell you that your feelings are too big in proportion to whatever you're supposed to be experiencing. Calm down has one of those huge inherent shoulds in it. And honestly, somebody who's already upset is probably not going to like being told that they're not falling in line with what they're supposed to be doing or feeling. And in that moment, they might feel like they're unable to control their reaction, best case scenario. Or worst case scenario, they're going to feel like, hey, this is exactly why I'm having my big emotional moment because you are not listening otherwise. Another problem with calm down with just making it a command, is that it doesn't give any strategy to actually put anything into action. It doesn't give any pathway. When somebody is anxious or angry or otherwise upset to the extent that somebody else feels like they should calm down, then by definition, the alarm bells are ringing. That sympathetic nervous system is in high alert. And they can't just quickly turn them off because somebody else says so. And if the person saying calm down 
sounds anything but calm themselves, then you got the whole hypocrisy or projection kind of accusation just waiting to come about. It's just adding fuel to the fire of escalation. Since calm down doesn't give any kind of roadmap, it's just not going to be as helpful. Sometimes we just tell ourselves to calm down. But unfortunately, the same weaknesses of it apply when we're talking to ourselves as well. We're just passing judgment on ourselves. We're not giving ourselves a strategy. We're not telling ourselves what to do. I mean, I guess calm down tells us what we're supposed to do in a way, even though it doesn't have a pathway. But it's not that different than saying, don't be so upset. And so we're sitting there just kind of judging ourselves without any functional action to take. So the next time you're tempted to tell somebody or yourself to calm down, pause and take some steps to slow down your own stress response. And we've talked on this show about a lot of different ways to try to lessen that stress response in the moment, noticing your physical body, doing breathing exercises and relaxation exercises, taking that mindful approach of labeling your thoughts, cognitive defusion of separating from your thoughts as an observer and acknowledging where there are distortions, being able to not be threatened by that anxiety response, but to disempower it. When you are able to do that with your own stress response, you'll probably be able to strategize a little bit better than just rattling off the phrase, calm down. Especially if you can use one of the following interventions here. So let's start into them. Here are some things that you can say instead of calm down that will likely be more effective. Number one, I understand this is upsetting. Now, this does run the risk of sounding a little bit like that customer service agent reading from a script when you've called because there are hundreds of extra dollars on your cable bill and all you want is just to get those hundreds of extra dollars back and not to be told that they understand that this is upsetting to you. I mean, just give me the hundreds of dollars back. I mean, seriously, I never signed up for stars. I guess there was a lot of fine print, but if you're in an argument with a loved one and you're truly wanting to de-escalate and pause and meet them where they are and try to work it out, then instead of calm down, trying to express empathy for their position and that they're upset can be very validating, the opposite of the invalidating calm down. It shows immediate empathy if it's said in the right way. You're letting them know that you're not pushing them away. By validating the fact that they're in distress, you lessen the risk that they'll get even more upset because you don't get it, which can turn them against you. But as mentioned, I've got to emphasize this one more time. Please be wary of saying this in too dismissive a tone or too robotic a tone, like a customer service representative reading from a script that somebody was paid thousands of dollars to consult on. Also, try to avoid doing this if it's paired with a quick request to just move on. I understand you're upset, but you just got to get over it. (laughs) Or I understand you're upset, but my way is still right. And even if you're not saying it in exactly those words, that's what the person is hearing. If instead of sitting with the validation and sitting with the empathy, you're just zooming right ahead to what it is that you want to get out of the situation. Okay, number two. 
You can say, it's hard for me to talk with you when things feel this intense. So this can be really helpful in very heated arguments where you're passing the point where productive conversation can happen because things are just so elevated in terms of anger, in terms of tone of voice, in terms of speed of talking, if people are saying really hurtful things. This kind of lays on the line the fact that you want to talk through things, but this is not working right now and something has to change. Instead of just calm down, which puts it only on them, you're saying, hey, this is really, really heated right here. Things feel intense. You're not immediately blaming the person. And the key is to convey that you still want to talk, but that things feel like they could be damaging in their current state. So view this option as a potential life raft that you're trying to give the situation and give the other person, that you're illuminating a path out of this frantically intense emotional experience, and you're trying to find some level ground. But don't use this phrase as an ultimatum or a threat. Don't use this as an excuse to run away, like, well, I can't do this, so therefore, sayonara. No, that's not what we're after here. This has to actually be in a tone of, I want to talk. I want to work this through. Here's a pathway to do that. But again, no ultimatums. Don't treat it like, and if you don't calm down right now, then we're not going to fix this. Because then it's just very similar to saying calm down. It just happens to have more words. Number three, you can say, I'm going to pause for a moment to slow things down. So here, you're modeling some pausing behavior. You're actually walking the walk rather than just talking the talk and telling somebody else to calm down. And you're not directly blaming them. And you're even maybe taking a little bit of a responsibility yourself that, hey, let me be part of the solution rather than the problem here. And you're not saying that you're forcing the person to follow you in this. So again, make sure this isn't like this didactic condescending type of situation where watch me calm down can you do the same I'm not sure that's not what you're doing you're acknowledging that it feels too intense for you as well I'm gonna pause here things feel like a lot right now I don't want to say something that I'm gonna regret for instance and then follow it up with a true pause really back it up with action here Otherwise, again, you're just kind of creating a situation where it's like you're telling them what to do, but you're not doing it yourself. So whether they follow you or not, you could stretch your body. You could take some slow, deep breaths. You could go outside and get some air. You could do some neck rolls. You could close your eyes and just take a beat and picture a visualization that is relaxing for you. And if they don't follow your lead, that's okay. You know that your own behavior here is helpful as much as possible to the situation. And you're going to be better able to manage whatever is to come. I cannot tell you how many therapy sessions I spend with folks really going over the ways that they escalated the situation in the moment and that they really could have benefited from the pause And it just felt like too much in that moment. So by saying out loud that you're going to pause, that can be immensely helpful because it really illuminates the pathway that you could take right there. Number four, you can say, I'm here with you in this. Now, this is probably the variation that's best 
when you're hopeful that somebody will calm down, but it's not an argument between the two of you per se. It's a situation where somebody else has really outsized feelings and you don't know how to handle them. So a kid throwing a tantrum, a partner who's really, really worked up about something, a friend who's making a scene somewhere. The truth is, for most of us, it is profoundly comforting to feel like we're not alone, to have somebody else just bearing witness. I'm not ashamed of the fact that that's one of the reasons why therapy can work. It's not the only reason. There's a lot of science and there are a lot of specific interventions that actually shift cognitions and behaviors and emotional experiences and interpretations. But the idea of not being alone when you're feeling something huge, that is tremendously important. So when somebody is really upset and they're feeling unheard, misunderstood, invisible, when they're feeling alone with their feelings, to just know that somebody's not running away, that somebody is listening, that somebody's trying to empathize, that somebody's not afraid of connecting with them and bearing witness in that moment, that sets the stage for you being emotionally present and for them to feel that on a visceral level. I've talked here before about how in all kinds of situations, people want to know the perfect thing to say. What's the right thing to say when something awful has happened to somebody? What's the right thing to say to end an argument? What's the right way to talk to our kids about something devastating? And though there are some good ideas there, and in fact, this whole episode is probably me saying, here are some helpful things to say that can actually make a difference. But I don't want to lose sight of the fact that sometimes it's not about what you say. It's about how you make the person feel heard. It's about how you listen. It's about your presence. It's about how you make time for the person, how you just show up, no matter what your exact words are. And that's what you're doing when you're saying, I'm here with you in this. Maybe we don't have the answers. Maybe I can't make all your pain go away. Maybe I'm not going to be able to fix this situation that's making you want to scream, but you're not alone. And that's powerful stuff. And finally, number five, you could say, how can I help us move through this? This is getting back to some of the conflicts. You're in the throes of an argument. You feel stuck. Both of you are cycling. Both of you are defensive. Maybe you're escalating. And so the idea of saying calm down holds appeal because that's where you want to be. You just want to be at the place where you can actually not be at each other's throats. It gives you a sense of moving forward, but it's kind of a false sense for the reasons that we've talked about because it's kind of flawed. But what we want most in that moment is the assurance that we can get through to the other side, that we can arrive at a solution, that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not an approaching train. So although calm down won't likely do the trick in that regard, and we've talked about why, you can still get solution-oriented if that feels like what the moment needs. Because there you're trying to illuminate a pathway and you're listening. You're not saying, here's what we need to do, or you need to calm down. You're saying, how? How can I help you? How can the two of us together work through this, you're going once again for a spirit of connection rather than the spirit of accusation or the spirit of separation. I would say this is really useful if you've already empathized, you've already validated, and you're past that. 
I wouldn't use this in place of some of the empathizing and validating like we talked about, like the bearing witness and saying, I'm here with you in this and I can understand you're upset. But I think this can be really helpful when they're cycling and when the cycling is starting to look like escalation because we're still in the same argument and it's 20 minutes in and I just want to move forward. But remember, the key of how this is helpful is that you're asking them what they feel like they need. And then you can collaborate together. That connection is important. You're not saying, well, we just need to go to the restaurant now, so we need to table this for later. Instead, you're saying, how can I help us right now get to the restaurant and just have a night that we don't regret? So you're going to want to make sure that you're speaking this with an extra dose of patience so that the person doesn't feel like the clock is ticking loudly in their ear. Because if they feel like the alarm clock is ticking and it's an alarm clock that you set, and then when it goes off, it has those annoying bird sounds that are associated with abject horror because they're always somebody's alarm when they don't want to get out of bed. That's not going to be helpful. It's not about a time clock that you decide. That would agitate them even more. It's about trying to give them a hand in helping find a solution together. So hopefully you can avail yourself of some of these the next time you're tempted to say, calm down. And if you end up saying, calm down, you're not a demon. It's a very, very accessible phrase. It's easy to say. It feels simple. It feels in a way like you're trying to help. But in reality, I think these other things can be far more effective. So give them a whirl and tell me what you think. Thanks for joining me today. Once again, I'm Dr. Andrea Bonnier, and this has been Baggage Check, with new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. Join us on Instagram at Baggage Check Podcast. Give us your take and opinions on topics and guests. And you know you've got that friend who listens to like 17 podcasts. We'd love it if you told them where to find us. Our original music is by Jordan Cooper, cover art by Daniel Merity, and my studio security, it's Buster the Dog. Until next time, take good care.